Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. You all know me. I'm Casey. And I, my name is Matt. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised for this episode. We, we Should we, like, go through the decades of radio? Uh, where, like, you know, we go, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bears on Airs podcast. Got to have that really cool, like, dial sound that, that you know, goes yeah. between radio stations or whatever. Uh, in case you haven't figured it out, we are talking about what is literally the phenomenon that has taken, I don't even just want to say the country, but the world by storm, and that is that is WandaVision. And, and really just, you know, we've just wrapped up. Matt and I both watched the finale uh, yesterday. Today is uh, March 6th. You guys are listening to this, um, I think, on the 18th. So about two weeks from now, giving you a chance to actually finish up. If you haven't watched it already, what are you doing? But 24 hours ago, we were watching this. And, you know, just like we've done with some of the other Disney Plus content, I think it's time for us just to have a conversation and, and discuss what the world has watched over the last nine weeks or eight weeks really and I, I think we have to emphasize the world like this show is so popular to the point that when okay just a blanket spoiler alert like it, it should be obvious at this point but i'm just going to call it out there spoiler alert for the rest <laughs> of the episode um, so um when um the song agatha all along comes out it's like the number one downloaded song on Spotify. And it's not yeah. like, I mean, it's a fun song, don't get me wrong, but it's not like, oh, you know, some new pop stars thing. And, and that, that just is absolutely bonkers to me. But I love that I she's got her own, pair this, of men, her, her own pair of men's socks, too. Have you seen that come up on your Facebook? <laughs> there's, a, there's a pair of men's socks for Agatha. Agatha all along. It's oh, really, I didn't really see fun. that. I'll have to you didn't see that? look at the merch here. <laughs> It's, it's I, kind I've of been, funny. I've been staying away from the merch for fear of spoilers, so I now need to go back and look at it. But I've been staying away for fear that, like, oh, I'm going to be spoiled. But I, I really think the reason for this popularity is I, I, I didn't realize it until I saw the Marvel logo play in the first episode that this is the first time in like what a year and a half that we have um, had yeah. new MCU Spider- content. Spider-Man Far From Home. I mean, that was yeah. that was the last. That was summer 2019. Black Widow's been getting pushed back. I mean, you're right. This is literally the, the first time we've had MCU content. And, 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 I mean, and it's good MCU. I mean, it, it's like movie-worthy MCU content. When you put all of the, the, the time together, it's probably two movies worth of content. And, and that, that's, it's huge. And this is supposedly, I want to say, well, it's supposed to take place six months before Spider-Man Far From Home takes place. So it happens in the period between Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home. That's the time. Yeah, because I mean, we we see you know we see the fallout of the of the blip now that they're call, that's what they're calling it now. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think they referenced that in Spider Man Far From Home as well. But this yeah. kind of nailed down that hey, we're calling that that while while originally we're calling it the snap, it is called the blip. And I I think coming into this show, you knew something was off because we all know that Vision is dead. 
And so, you know, as I'm watching this, I'm like, wait, how, like initially before never having never seen an episode at all. My first question is, wait, how is vision alive? What is this? (laughs) Well, I I think even, okay, let's even take it a step back. Let's pull, pull away from the storyline for just a moment. And let's just talk about the mechanics of how they were going to tell the story. You know, I remember when they announced this and thinking to myself, it's going to be what? It's going to be a sitcom? And I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's going to be like, a, you know, just a, a television series for the MCU, very similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or or Peggy Carter, right? But no, they're like, no, it's going to be a sitcom. And, I, and I'm like, how in the world is that going to play? Like, I was so worried about how this could affect the tone of the MCU, how this could affect the seriousness of what had been built up all the way through Endgame, right? So I was really worried about it. And, and I'm not going to lie. I went into episode one, well, really episode one and two, very skeptical. I, I was very skeptical, like, is this going to work? Because I, I, Wanda, to me, was always just kind of a side character. Like, she really wasn't a main avenger so it was weird that they were building this around this side character and and i'm not gonna lie that first episode whoo baby it, it was like i don't know if this is working but you could just feel that this perfect world that she had created or that was created that we, we didn't know it was really her at that point we had speculation but you could just feel something was off and that was just enough to intrigue you to watch number two and thank goodness they put one and two together, but we'll get there. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think we're kind of working our way into it. I, I agree. Like that first episode, it it's playing. You're like, okay, this is interesting. I'm not really understanding what's going on. And then the whole like Mr. Hart starts choking scene. And mm-hmm. that's when like weirdness happens. And then at the end of episode one, two, you get like the, the pan out of the TV and you see someone's watching because I agree with you. The first episode, I was like, oh, I mean, oh, okay. Like, I mean, that was fun. Don't get me wrong. But then it it, it was, it, you just knew something was off. And yeah. you wanted to keep watching to figure out, okay, I know something's off. What is it? Yeah. And Agnes, you know, her first cameo or her her, her debut in the first episode, even even Nate was like, something gives with her. Like, something's off about her. And, you know, I know there was a lot of theory about her, that, that she could very well be Agatha. And obviously we learned that later on, but it, 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 it literally, the, this way they told the story I thought was so brilliant because basically we're watching the first three episodes, really sort of two and a half, we're watching the episodes as though we're Darcy and Jimmy woo watching the episodes and you see these weird things. And then finally you're pulled out of it. And it's like that. I don't know if it was episode three or episode four where they, they explain all the weirdness. And I just, I remember that. I think it was three. It's like, Oh, Oh, it was four. Yeah. It was like yeah. the linchpin that held it. To, oh, Oh, that's that. Oh, oh, that's that. And that was a drone. And that was, you know, you start going, you start piecing, you realize it was Jimmy Woo. Who's doing this to you, Awanda? Who's doing this to you? And you start to realize, but 
I don't even I'm so speechless just to say I think the way they told this story was brilliant to you're in the story for t- two or three episodes and then you're out of the story and you're watching it just like Jimmy Woo and Darcy an entirely unique like this yeah. is nothing that has been in an MCU movie and to go back to a point that you made is that you know uh, Wanda Maximoff was always this side character and I think that's what makes this work because had you try to told had, had you try to tell her backstory and all this other stuff in a movie, it would have felt shoehorned. It would have felt wait, why mm-hmm. wait, why are we spending so much time on this? Well, mm-hmm. I, I let's get back to what's going on. Whereas whereas this show could really unpack who Wanda Maximoff was in, in the penultimate episode. I mean, mm-hmm. really gives a full version of her. And now moving forward, which I'm, we'll get to later in the episode, but moving forward, her character is now so much more set up that we don't now have to spend, you know, half an hour in a movie or, you know, 10 flashbacks in a movie to try to explain why she's doing what she's doing. And so it, it was it was perfectly executed. And I have to say that, um, Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen does a great job, I think, mm-hmm. with the difference of acting. And then the other person that Paul Bettany, we forget, he's also been there since the beginning, voice of yeah. Jarvis and Iron yeah. Man. And yep. I think he doesn't often get as much of the accolades as like a Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, but he's also there from the beginning. And I can't imagine playing an like an android type character that's more emotionless. It just it's just it's just fascinating to me. Well, you know, so to, to the to that point, if you think about it, Paul Bettany has actually played. He's actually played. I guess now at this point, he's kind of played like four different characters, right? He was Jarvis. He was the Vision, which I would argue was a different character in Age of Ultron. Then he's played Vision, even though it's the same person or same character. He evolved. And then now he's playing this other like white vision too, like this, this, this devoid of any emotion. His range is pretty spectacular. That said, I would argue that Wanda Maximoff is dead and that she is no longer Wanda. She's the Scarlet Witch. Like there was a clear transformation of who she was, a clear metamorphosis that takes place in episode number nine. And I think, and I think we're going to, like you said, we're going to see the benefits of that redound into the multiverse of madness and, and, you know, all phase four projects where she shows up. I mean, the way they teed her up is, is just astounding when, like when she finally gets her, her outfit, like Nate called it uh, episode eight last week, he goes, because he saw the crown the blue crown on the witch that was, you know, the, the mother of, of Agatha, he goes, did you see her crown? And then he saw, he saw it kind of like somewhat like shadow over Scarlet or to Wanda last week. He's like that, that's her crown. That's going to be her costume. And then sure enough this week, boom, there it is. And that updated outfit looks fantastic because in the Halloween episode you see her her comic book version and Mm -hmm. as per normal comic book things it's very you know bright color campy things like that but man that that new that new look 
like I, I'm again, I'm thinking I'm still in a merchandising type mind. I'm like, wow, if it is this Halloween, is that going to be the outfit that so many people are going to be wanting, even though the show is going to be long, you know, long been premiered, I'll bet you are going to see a lot of Scarlet Witch costumes this Halloween season. I could see that. I absolutely could see that. So let's talk. Let's talk. I mean, we've done a pretty good job kind of going from start to finish in terms of like the overall arching plot line. Were there any moments for you that your your jaw like hit the ground and you were like agape to like, oh, my God, I can't believe they just did that. Um, for me, it was when Quicksilver came back that with <laughs> Evan Peters. OK, um, I remember that. uh I was, I, I watched it when the episodes were about a half an hour, I could watch them on my lunch at work. Uh-huh. So I remember like, it's like two minutes before my lunch has to end. And that moment happens and my jaw drops. And now I have to like go to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now granted the payoff of that was not as good, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I'll, I'll that's going to get to a later point, but and I don't want to dive into that right now, but that was a moment that my jaw dropped. I mean, gosh, there's about 70 million <laughs> of them. When Monica transforms, like that was another like, mm-hmm. whoa. Um, I guess a laugh out loud moment. And this is what I think makes the MCU so great is when Jimmy Woo is introducing himself and he does the card trick to hand the business card. Mm-hmm. I, I That is such a great callback that I, <laughs> I busted out laughing. See, I, I'm not as good with the Easter eggs. So for me, I don't necessarily always catch them in the moment. I've got to go and like do a do a review and see, okay, what did I miss? Like in that whole card trick thing, I didn't I didn't even catch it until after I until after it was over and I just read about it. The Quicksilver thing though, I thought was cool. Although again, I didn't realize that was until I read afterwards that that was the actor from from the Fantastic Four. So that that I think that lit a bunch of people up in terms of, Oh my God, is this when they're finally going to bridge the two? I think, exactly. in terms, I think in terms of the payoff, and I don't know if this is where you were going to go with that. I, I do think that it was more of, I think it was a tease on their part. I don't, I, I'm sure they've got a plan somehow of how they're going to bridge the, you know, the, the, the mutant universe and the fantastic four universe into the mcu and i think that they were just playing with us is what i think i I mean they didn't have to choose that actor especially knowing that it was agatha that ended up putting you know the persona into that body it could have been anybody the way the way it 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 played out it did not have to be that actor so they purposely put that actor there to to toy with us you know that i mean i know that and which is is fun like oh i I think so too with that yeah i i think so too um, I think for me, one of the like, oh my gosh, moments was actually the episode where, where um, Monica wakes up, where you, like you, you, you see the, like the dust, but you don't realize it's the dust at first, and then you realize she's waking up from the snap or she's waking up from the blip, and then I do love that they went a little bit more into that, uh, into the into the after effects of what happened when, you know, when, when, uh, you know, uh, Hulk slaps everyone back into existence because Spider-Man explored it a little bit, but it was so minor. It was nice to get some real, like, Hey, there's some actual, like 
effects here, some consequences of this. So I think well, for and, me, that was a fun tie-in moment to watch that. And, and with Spider-Man, it was like a ha-ha, like the people are in the gym and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of people in the gym and everyone falls over, ho-ho-ho. Whereas this, like, like you said, got the seriousness of she's in the hospital, everyone's coming back and there's, there's just mass hysteria and panic. Mm-hmm. She's like, where's my mom? And she has to be told, your mom died three years ago. And, and I I think that's that I agree with you. That was an interesting, like, again, we see it from Endgame perspective where it's like, woohoo, everybody's back. But that's not just what it is. No, no, there's, there's definitely consequences. So talk to me about this, this payoff that didn't regarding Quicksilver. So, uh, you know, and this is going to get into a greater point here and I'm going to make it right now. You know, we've talked um, on this show about, fandoms and more specifically it's been about star wars but um it can be any fandom we talked about in our toy story episode fans have a this is what i want and and make speculations and especially this was the most speculated show ever after every episode there was who's going to show up who is this what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen so when when Quicksilver shows up and Evan Peters is playing him immediately. Everyone is like, Oh my gosh, this is the introduction of the multiverse. This is the extra introduction of the X-Men. This is this, this is that. And then really it comes out that the payoff is just, now he's just some guy that, that Agatha put under a spell. And so the, the payoff isn't necessarily there as much. I thought it was very clever and funny, but I, what concerns me is before the finale, the director of the last episode did an interview and he had to like warn people that you're probably going to be disappointed because it's not going to give you whatever. I'm, I'm sure he knows all the articles and it's, he knew that none of the things in those articles, we aren't getting a, a fantastic four cameo. We aren't getting an X-Men thing. We aren't getting a multiverse thing. Like, and that's a problem to me. And I'm concerned up until this point, the MCU community, I feel like has been very good at allowing the MCU to make the creative decisions and trust that they're going to tell the best story. And my fear is that we're going into, Oh, I'm, I'm disappointed because it wasn't what I wanted when the finale was really good. The story. But do do you really feel that we're veering to that? Like, and every fandom group that I'm part of, I've not seen an ounce of negativity about the way the finale wound up. Like that, that it didn't, I, I think, I think there is such a, th- I know where you're going with it. Cause star Wars fandom. And we've talked a lot about it is it, 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 it's gotten to a point to where it's like a split negative and positive with this. I, I, unless I'm missing it in the groups that I'm part of, I don't see uh well, they completely botched that. Like, I think that's part of the, the brilliance of releasing this from week to week. And, and I was just reading up on this a little bit. The decision was made to release it from week to week because it does allow fans to theorize what could be, but I've not seen any backlash. Now I would agree with those who, say the finale was not as good as it could have been. I think 
for me, the pin that the episode, the episode that was the best was episode eight. I think episode eight was, was better than episode nine, but episode nine does a good job of tying it all up. But I, you know, I don't know if there's a huge fan base of people out there going, well, crap, they didn't, they didn't bring in the mutants. They didn't bring in the fantastic four. I'm done with the MCU. You know what I mean? I guess more of it was just, I found it concerning that the director had to come out and be like, you might be disappointed. And, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm trying to over, overcorrect that, you know, I, I don't want a, this fan base to become one that is so divided on everything that, that, well, it should have been like this. And it, it's like, no, like Marvel has told a, a great story up until this point, trust the process. Um, yeah. And and so I, I agree with you. I've not heard many people be very negative about it. I think it was just, you know, all these speculations and the director having to come out and say, like, kind of temper your expectations, you know, be careful. I, I was just a little bit concerned about that. Um, I, w- I will say that I think one of the things that MCU has going for it that Star Wars does not have going for it is that it, it's been under the direction of the same person for the entire length of its run. You know, Star Wars, on the other hand, has has changed leadership over its 40 plus year history. Star Wars has been Feige. It's Feige. It's been Feige from the very beginning and it continues to be Feige. I only think that we will start to see a splinter if and when Feige ever leaves MCU. If and when Feige ever, you know, he will, he'll eventually retire, whatever, whenever that happens. I don't see it happening for a very long time. But if he ever leaves and whoever takes his place, suddenly you will get the, well, if that Feige was still in place, then it would have been this way. I just don't think we have that right now. I think, I think, I, I think the MCU fandom is probably a lot more forgiving and a lot more understanding of the process than a Star Wars fan is. And as far as the director saying, you know, you know, you may be disappointed. I mean, yeah, you may be disappointed, but I, I don't think he's the first director to have ever done that before. I think that's a, yeah. I think that's a healthy thing, you know? Yeah, I guess. I, again, I, I, I'm probably just trying to overcorrect and, um, but anyway, um, but I, I, I thought I agree with you that episode eight was really, really good. It was hard because <laughs> it was hard, just absolutely heart wrenching. But, but also really like okay. So the whole childhood scene, like we knew that her parents were killed by a bomb, and that's you know, that that kind of revolutionized them. And we knew that she was uh, experimented on at Hydra, but we just see the end of that. We, we don't see any any holes filled. And then when she walks into S.W.O.R.D. and you think, here's where she takes vision. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves and drives away and you go, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then finally you get the culmination of that grief and you see that vision is created. The end of that episode hits where he just says Wanda. And, and you kind of go, oh, Wow. Like that was really a great moment. I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I liked the finale. I thought the finale was really good, but there were just moments that I thought there were moments that I thought could have been better. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like Agatha's arc probably didn't. Uh, okay. First of all, the fight between the two of them was amazing. And oh, yes. And then, uh, you know, Wanda putting the ruins up 
And, and, and you don't even realize that's what she's doing. And then all of a sudden they start to appear and Nate goes, she put runes up and I'm like, Oh snap. Like talk about like going back to the previous episode. I mean that, I don't think anybody saw that happening. I think the fight was amazing. I think the, the way that, the way that she, she did that whole process. I loved seeing her go back to where she's talking in, in, in the ear and getting in, in her head, you know, hearkening back to her original character. I think that, Ag- I feel like Agatha got short suited, but I don't think this is the last we've seen of her. I think right now she's there and I I think she's going to play a part some point down the road. I just, I think Agatha was a very, very, very strong presence on the screen. Um, and, and I, again, I think episode eight was just, she was phenomenal. And uh, episode nine, I just feel like we, we, we kind of, was short suited and seeing what, you know, what was going to happen to her. I don't know. I just, I think it could have been more, but I think they're setting stuff up. I think that's the thing is like, we're in that period where, you know, me in sequels, right? We're in that period where we're in like the second movie of a trilogy or something. It's like we're in like the in-between period, like nothing's wrapped up. We're ramping up again. Cause if you think about it, we've been living with, with kind of being wrapped up for almost two years now, like we're, yeah. we're wrapped, like we were wrapped within game far from home, you know, that kind of left some stuff undone regarding Spider-Man. But as far as the rest of the universe goes, we've been wrapped for two years. This series unwrapped us again. And now it's like, damn it. I want more, you know, it's like, it's <laughs> like, okay. You know, and the thing is, is as much as I'm excited about black widow, Black Widow isn't going to address any of this because Black Widow is all prequel stuff. It's all before, you know, so you're not going to get a lot of explanation. The next thing we're going to get is going to end up being um, uh, multiverse, multiverse of madness and maybe Falcon and the winter soldier. We might get some stuff out of it. I don't know, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, dang it. Now I got to wait. And it's just enough to whet your appetite, you know, Uh, that's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now. It is very much. I like. I like that that description of it. That we're ramping up. That here's here's a character. Here's where her arc is at. And and I have to say another thing I really liked about the finale is that they referenced how upset everyone was with her about being controlled. And that that you know I think it was so easy because I, I mean while. I think she is still a likable character and you are meant to like her. She's also not, I think 100% in like the, Oh yeah, you do everything right. Like a captain America. You're like, yeah, you do everything by the book. Good job, captain America. Whereas, yeah, you kind of go, wow, you controlled a bunch of people for a, for, you know, a month or a week or I don't know exactly the timeline, but, and that, that's not okay. Yeah. And yet, yet they, they depict her in a way that you still want to cheer for her while also being a little bit skeptical of motives or uh, disagreeing with some of her actions. And I think that's a really well done thing that the show did. Yeah, I agree. She becomes, she's not so much a hero anymore, but she's also not a villain. She's kind of in between. And I think, and I think that's going to be okay. I think I think the world has become so much the real world and the MCU have become much more complicated about what is a hero, what is a villain, and 
being the all-powerful being that she is. I mean, Agatha even says it. She's even more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. She's more powerful than Strange. So it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamics that play. Um, that Speaking of Strange and just that that end credit scene, not the mid credit scene, but the end credit scene when she's in the astral plane and she's and she's reading the book and her body's doing something else. I just thought that was amazing. Nate had not seen Doctor Strange. She's like, I don't get the reference. I'm like, oh my god! And I kind of I pause. It's like, here's what it, here's what it means. This is what happens. And and because Doctor Strange, you all know, is my favorite character. So um, yeah, I, I, I was I was praying because I, I knew. That there was a mid credit a mid credit scene, I didn't know there was an in credit scene. But when when the mid credit scene got over with, I'm like, there's five minutes left. I would be darned if there's not an in credit scene on this. So we fast forward, and sure enough, there's an in credit scene. I was praying that just for a moment we would have seen Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch uh, as Doctor Strange there, just for a second. Even if it would have just been like a, he he sensed some kind of other being in his world you know I, I just would have loved to have seen him show up there you know what i mean like that would have been like the ultimate like grab right there <laughs> yeah I, I love that they're going a magic route oh yeah because i you know I, this is why i was excited about dr strange is that he's a different type of hero that you know pretty much you've got iron man who is technologically strong hulk and thor and captain america are all just we're strong. And, and I think that, you know, Dr. Strange is a type of hero that is not physically strong, but can do all these very powerful spells. And I love that we're moving towards like analyzing and analyzing those powers some more and the effects that can be done in cinematic fights and spell battles and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's going to be really cool to see how they work that. And I'm excited that we're going to see this relationship now between Scarlet Witch and Dr. Strange. And does it become one where, you know, it starts adversarial and, and becomes ally is, does it go the opposite? Is it always this kind of, you know, frenemies type relationship? I, I, I I could see them going either way with, with it. And I, I, I love I love that what I love about the MCU is that there's so many possibilities and I would be okay with all of them. So, you know, we're at the 31 minute mark now and we're kind of winding down, but I I think something I want to bring up as we kind of kind of, as we wind down is kind of a bigger picture perspective. One of the big concerns that I know was out there and I had to, and I think we might've even discussed it a little bit was Post Endgame, was MCU going to be able to continue into a phase four environment without its heavy hitters of Steve Rogers, of Tony Stark, of uh, Banner, of of I mean, I know Thor is supposed to come back in Thor: Love and Thunder, but like his the, the big heavy hitter, like the Avengers as we know it from the last 10 years, it doesn't exist anymore. I mean, some of them are dead. Some of them moved on, whatever. Right. And there was this, there was this fear of, okay, does the world go into in our world? Does the world go into superhero overload? Is there, are we going to get burnt out? And, and can MCU, can Marvel really make 
stars out of B-list heroes, right? Yet here we are almost we are a year and a half removed from the last of the of the big movies. We're two years removed from Endgame. While this worldwide pandemic of us being locked down with COVID has been absolutely horrendous and we've lost 500,000 lives and counting and millions of people have caught this disease and we're finally starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. I would also argue that this break, and we said this during the Infinity Saga series, this break in my mind has done, I think they would have been able to do it without this break, but I think this break really reset the stage for people to want to come back to the MCU and not have the the the, the jaded lenses that they might have had had this all started to happen immediately after. Like, had Black Widow debuted last summer like it was supposed to, and all this stuff, you know, and, and again, WandaVision, I think, was supposed to have come out in the fall or, or thereabouts, maybe, you know, maybe like December. Had all that stuff on the original timeline happened, it would have been popular, but I think this break has allowed them to reset in such a way that people are refocused and ready to accept what's next. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Oh, I think you're absolutely correct. I think the, and not just desire, take MCU out of it. This is the first like blockbuster new show slash movie in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Some studios tried to release, you know, a couple of movies here and there on their streaming services, but nothing to this really to no avail. Like even I would consider like wonder woman, 1984 was supposed to be a big thing and it it just kind of fizzled. Yeah. And so I think not only were we primed for new MCU content, we're just primed for content that's (laughs) new in general. My Um, Facebook, my Facebook feed came up from a year ago. The last movie that I saw in the theaters that was new, like the last new content, other than Onward, which came out last March, obviously. But the last new content we saw was Sonic the Hedgehog. That was yeah. over a year ago. It was a great movie. It was a great movie. But we saw that on like March 3rd or March, I think it was March 3rd or March 2nd. And then sure enough, within two weeks, everything shut down. I mean, uh, there's been Facebook memes floating around all day today saying that this was the, a year ago, this was the last normal week any of us had experienced and we didn't know it yet. Like, that's crazy when you think about it. We've, we've gone 52 weeks in, in life as we know it. But I completely agree with you that, again, not making light of the COVID pandemic at all. Because, again, 500,000 people in this country alone have died. Um, and, and more will continue to die until, until we finally get this under control with the vaccines. That said, it did reset. And you're right. People are clamoring for something new. People want a sense of normalcy back and knowing that there's MCU content coming and, and, and will be forthcoming is that sense of normalcy. Well, and, and the crazy thing about this is, so when this episode releases, it's tomorrow that Falcon and winter soldier releases. So, you know, for us in, in the, in the past, it's like two weeks, but still like, that's just two weeks. And And we get more MCU content. And that's outside of the 
week, you know, episode a week type things that, you know, allow for speculation, that whole like, you know, around the water cooler talk, like, hey, have you seen it? What do you think? Blah, 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 which I think is awesome. It, it also spreads out this show over a course of two months. Whereas had mm-hmm. they just dropped all nine episodes yep. right away, it, it would have been watch it as fast as I possibly can so I don't get spoilers and then I'm done. And now I'm, I'm craving more. It's it's Whereas, brilliant. It's brilliant on Disney Plus's part that they're doing this because it flies in the face of what of what Netflix is doing. Hulu's done it, like with their series like The Handmaid's Tales and some other stuff. But Netflix, it's you know, oh, we're gonna let you binge watch it. But you're right. It's suddenly you're it's it's in your face for the twelve or twenty four hours that people take to binge watch it, watch it, and then it's out of the discourse. This has been the this has been frankly what everyone's been talking about just like mandalorian was you know two months ago this is the mandalorian of 2021 falcon the winter soldier is the next thing and before you know it we've got boba fett coming up next year you know it's like you know they're doing and it Loki, right Loki and Mo- well. yeah loki's a whole different thing. yeah but they're doing it right they're doing it absolutely right and here's the thing it wouldn't work if the content wasn't good if the content sucked it wouldn't work they know the content doesn't suck. They know the content works really well. Sorry, kids. I shouldn't be using that word. I apologize. If the content stinks, uh, th- this won't work. But the content doesn't stink. The content is, is, is cinema quality. I was just reading an article. The, the, one of the, the special effects producers on WandaVision is quoted as saying, there are more digital and special effects in these nine episodes of WandaVision than the than in game there's more so that think about doesn't that. surprise me no in fact one of the reasons one of the things they said was during the shutdown because they had filmed like i think five or six episodes and then covid shut them down and they were shut down for several months before they had to resume filming during the shutdown the special effects editors were able to go back and retouch the first three episodes like to they didn't affect plot points but they affected the way that they were from an artistic perspective. And when you think about those three first three episodes, the artistry and the way that story is told, the the rewind effect that they did, some of the yeah. that was all put in during the shutdown because they had time to do it. So it just yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you're right about that. Like honestly, you know, we can talk about, you know, why is this show so popular and and you know, because of you know pandemic and and you know ultimately why this is so popular is because it's just it's good it's yep. good content agreed and and so of course people are going to want to go see it because it's good content and i i, I think too much maybe some other studios are trying to because because this is not marvel's the still to this day the only studio that has been able to tell a multi-platform, multi-movie show, whatever story. DC Agreed. has tried it. U- Universal tried it with like their U- Universal Monsters universe, and and mm-hmm. no one can duplicate it. And it's because I, I think it seems what Marvel does is yes, they're trying to connect everything, but first and foremost, they're making a good movie. And mm-hmm. I think some of these other studios are trying to connect everything. And, and they do so much thought process in connecting everything that they forget to make a good movie. So wait, is what I'm hearing you say, Matt, is that at the end of the day, 
if the story is right, everything else falls into place. Where, where have I heard that before? That you got to have a good story behind what you're trying to do. Where does that come from? Oh, wait, I think it was a, a man named Walter Elias Disney <laughs> who taught us that principle. And this is one of the main reasons why to this day, I believe that Disney invested in Marvel because Marvel knows how to tell a flipping good story and they continue to do it day in and day out. And, and the fact that they've been able to, myself included, they've been able to round up non-comic book fans, people who never were invested in the comics whatsoever prior to these movies and turn them into superhero fans and, 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 and comic fans. I had a moment of like, oh, yesterday when I was watching this with Nate. When I first started watching these movies, I relied heavily on Nate to explain who these characters were and what they were about. Cause he was a little bit more into the comics than I was. This was 10 years ago. He would say, well, here's who this character is. This is their backstory. As I've come along here, we are yesterday. I'm explaining the backstory of Dr. Strange to him. I'm explaining that captain Marvel and, and why at the, you know, the cameo of, of when, and when Monica goes into the theater, what, ha, what, who that person was, cause he had never seen captain Marvel. And I was able, and it was like a complete reversal. So for Marvel to have done that with someone like me who knew nothing about comic books 10 years ago, it's because of the story. They tell a good story. Okay. And these, these MCU marathons are going to start getting really ridiculous really fast. <laughs> uh, yes, that's okay though. I'm, I'm that that's, that's fine. So here's the deal. We are at 42 minutes. It is time for us to close up shop. Uh, this is episode number 99 which Ooh. means our very next episode, the one that comes out next Tuesday, is our 100th episode. Now, we just celebrated our anniversary. You guys heard that episode on Tuesday, and we made the announcement on that episode that um, we would be going to one episode a week. So this is technically our last Friday episode, Matt. Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, we really... <laughs> We, we appreciate you all as listeners. The fact that we're at 100 episodes is, is all, really all thanks to you all um, um, listening. You know, it's, it's great to know that we have an audience out there. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and we also, you know, we, you know, we said this on the last episode, but we hope you understand why we're going to one episode a week, you know, like work and jobs. And, but a big part of it is we want to create content for you all. We like doing it. But what we don't want to do is wear ourselves out to a point where this becomes like a burden or a chore. And so, the, you know, I know we said that in the last episode, but I just wanted to reiterate it again that we, we're, we're, we're just needed to dial it back just a little bit. So we're not going away. We're not going anywhere. You're just going to hear us once a week. Yeah. So next week the, or for our big 100th episode, as you all know, I have been trying to get Mr. Matthew uh, to listen and watch the Imagineering story on Disney Plus for well over a year at this point. And he finally has done that. So next week on Tuesday, we get to have the big conversation about the Imagineering story, all of the episodes. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. So we really hope that you join us for that episode. Uh, for now, if you need to get a hold of us, um, you've been able to do this for the whole year. You've been listening to us, uh, Beers and Ears podcast on Facebook. You can email us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at beersears1928. 
Um, if you're not already subscribing to the show, what are you doing? We appreciate you listening, but subscribe. It helps our numbers. And if you've not already written a review for us, uh, please take a couple of minutes to write us a five-star review. Um, it helps others find the show, and we are still trying to grow. So, uh, Matt, it is uh, time for us to uh, raise our glasses, I think. Yes, let's raise those glasses. And this episode has been on us. We will see you for episode 100 next time. Woo! Have a great night, everybody. Bye, everyone.